Hello, everyone. This is Professor Michael Wax over at Glendale Community College. This is GCC Rock and Review. Today, we will be talking about one of our favorite bands in class, Led Zeppelin. And one of the questions that I asked about Led Zeppelin is our favorite songs from Led Zeppelin and why. So, Tina, introduce yourself and here we go. Catherine, sorry, Catherine. Catherine, go. Hi, I'm here. Okay. Right. Um, my name is Catherine Mulcady, and I love Led Zeppelin. They've been my favorite band for, um, I don't know, like ever since I've been listening to music. So, like probably 12 years. Um, I absolutely love them. Um, and so, choosing three songs was hard. And I see that Tina's uh, three favorite songs by Led Zeppelin are Black Dog, Immigrant Song, and Going to California. So I really, really like those songs as well, Tina. Um, I think Immigrant Song is like one of their um, top tracks. And it is super. It's about like, I think, um, folklore. Um, I think it's... Norwegian, but it's about, oh yeah, Tina says the depth and primal awesomeness of the sound, <laughs> chef's kiss. I totally agree that it, it is very primal. They have like a very, um, yeah, it's like a really awesome sound. It's like very unique. I think they were kind of like the first ones to bring this like super hard rock, like extremely, um, like still talented, like it's not just like power chords, so easy to listen to because it is so um, powerful and the riffs are catchy um, and good. And so that everyone can kind of get engaged in the music and follow it. Um, some other people's are Stairway to Heaven, Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You, Good Times, Bad Times. Those are really good. Um, Oh yeah, and so they have a, like a reading arena and stadium rock sound. Is what Tina's saying. I don't know if they still call it that, but I mean, yeah, I guess they do. That is the kind of rock that they're good at. Um, Finn's favorite songs are No Quarter. Okay, that is a really good song. It is a super. It has a super slow intro and build up, and then this amazing like droning riff that like. The first time I heard that song all the, way, all the way through, it like blew my mind. So no quarter for sure. Um, good times, bad times, a classic. The drums on that are super, um, like a really big part of what makes that song stand out, I think, because they're front and center in that song. With, as, as with like a lot of songs, like Mopey Dick is... Um, a really good one. Oh, Finn has his hand raised. Sorry, I didn't see that, Finn. No, no, no. I, I just, I just uh, raised it. Uh, I was just gonna say that I, I really liked uh, No Quarter. It was one of my first introductions into like harder rock and roll uh, in middle school because my parents were never big fans of uh, that kind of rock. So, mm. yeah, uh, it was that song specifically, and Led Zeppelin was one of my introductions into one of my favorite genres. 
That's super awesome. I agree. I think like hearing that song for me was a big, um, like a big point of attractiveness for rock. Um, and I definitely like found a new appreciation after hearing that song because it's just, it's epic. Um, let's see. <laughs> Michael said, don't insult them by calling them arena rock. <laughs> um, they are more sophisticated, yeah. I, I'm not sure. I think Led Zeppelin is just so like fundamental um, to the genre of rock, hard rock, and like uh, a lot of just, I think we could find like influence, the influence of Led Zeppelin in a lot of um, like rock genres nowadays and like modern rock bands. For example, um, I'm sure a lot of you have heard this, but there's this one band called Greta Van Fleet that kind of went famous. They're new, but they kind of went famous for sounding exactly like Led Zeppelin. And I think that's just one example. Okay, so Professor Wax said, what was the first Zepp song that you heard? Um, oh, that was a good question. I think mine was probably Ramble On. Um, yeah, Finn's was No Quarter. Anyone else? Ooh, Jermaker. That's a good one. It's Grace's first Led Zeppelin song. It's funny. That's a good one, too. A Lot of Love. That's a popular one. I've been seeing that a lot as people's like favorites today. <laughs> yeah, same. I've been listening to it for so long, Tina. It's like, it is, yeah. Immigrant Song is iconic. Um, anyone else? Stairway to Heaven. Oh, yeah, Stairway to Heaven is. Michael said when he was eight years old, um, a lot he learned. Oh, wait. When I was in like eight years old, I learned a whole lot of love on drums. That was the first time I remember hearing them. So you learned them. You learned a whole lot of love on drums the first time that you heard them. That's pretty cool. Um, probably in third grade when School of Rock came out and I heard Immigrant Song. Okay, School of Rock is a classic. They actually have a very good soundtrack, pretty broad soundtrack. Um, really appreciate that movie. This class reminds me of that movie. Um, yeah, I definitely remember hearing that song in School of Rock and being like, wow, this song's epic. And then listening to it for a couple weeks straight. Um, oh, Whole lot of Love. Um, Alexia's first song that they played on guitar. And they did not succeed. Um, but they felt epic. <laughs> it's really cool. I also play guitar. I can relate to that. Um, I know. Appreciation moment for School of Rock. Um, yeah, I do think that like I definitely feel 
Oh, cashmere. Grace's dad used to play cashmere around her. Right, cashmere's a good one. Really good. I think it's pretty unique and it has like a pretty different sound than like a lot of their earlier stuff. Like it, I, I can't really put my finger on it, but cashmere's, um, it feels more sad, but it still is, it, it still goes hard. It's a bop still. It's like, Cashmere was a good song. It's like a enter room song. What do you mean by that? Okay, I'm not sure. What song? Oh, okay, yeah. Like you're feeling cool entering a room. Yeah, like like a theme song. Like you're coming. I get that. It is. They have a lot of those, I feel like. Like immigrant song at first. But I think it's so, it's not, I mean, it's not overplayed. I don't think I could listen to it too much. But it is one of those things where it's like, I've heard it so many times. It's, I don't even like register it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like a theme song, anthem or something. Cashmere is like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it did. It's like a permanent part of my brain. Um, oh, wait, could you elaborate on that, Michael? They use different time signatures. Michael says, um, Cashmere, the song, uses different time signatures for guitar slash drums. Um, do you mean that the guitar is in a different time signature as um, the drums or they're changing it up? or they're just using um, non-standard time signatures. Because I think it could be both. Okay, the drums are 4-4 four, four, or 2-4, and the guitar is 3-8. Interesting. I'm not sure, but I do know that they're very good about that, um, especially incorporating like jazz elements of like funky time signatures or like time changes. Um, um, yeah. I do definitely it gives them like a unique uh I don't know like uh, musical element that not a lot of other bands have especially like rock bands a lot of uh, other heavy rock bands around that time that have similar sounds or are trying to you know emulate that like huge bigness <laughs> um yeah they just they use power chords um for the riffs and they use like simple four four timing things like that and their songs are still good and they're still catchy and you can still really rock out to them but I think Led Zeppelin just has like depth and so much talent and it's like layers it's more like the depth of it yeah like the music is more 3d I totally get that it is kind of I feel that yeah it's like more more 3D because there's so many, yeah, there's so many elements to that. And I think that's part of what makes them stand out from other bands is that every individual member of that band was so talented and added so much um, on top of the music being just uh, good. It was also 
the I think yeah the depth of it the complexity that kind of lured you in and you could stay for multiple listens I mean I've been listening my whole life so and he said that's what I noticed about it when I really paid attention last week yeah it is it is 3d I like that that makes sense and thanks um Michael for bringing up the time signatures because I think that is really important um it's just I don't know if you give it a listen just try and notice the unique time signatures the time changes that they're using um I think kind of the backbone of the band what makes it so amazing and so stand out not only Jimmy Page and Robert Plant I uh, can't forget John Paul Jones, um, but like, you know, amazing vocals, amazing guitar, but John Bonham with um, super complex, like insane drums, drum solos, just everything about his drums, just a drum appreciation moment really makes the band. I think he just provides such a solid foundation for the rest of them to go off and um, you know, sing or play or anything. Like, I just think he, he really is the foundation there. And unfortunately, he passed away pretty early. Um, and they did have some stuff after him that was pretty good. Um, and the drums on that were kind of modeled after what he first brought into the band. But yeah, I think drum appreciation moment because it's super uh important to Led Zeppelin their drum style yeah anyone else have anything to add no I'll give it a minute I feel like I've just been rambling on but oh you've been you did great you're not you're not rambling at all i think a lot of the things that everyone has mentioned has been really really good um why don't you read let's see go ahead and read what jonathan has no so far so good thank you okay yeah i really think everyone has good points and thanks everyone that participated um okay jonathan feels like feels like i used to play gta vice city Um, I would listen to the rock station in my car as I drove around by city. It's like they brought action into our lives. That's really funny. I really like that. Okay, you mean um, Led Zeppelin brought action or playing GTA? Because if it's Led Zeppelin, then yeah, I agree. I really like, I think something about their music I guess just kind of really like resonates and it always want to like it makes me want to I don't know get up and do stuff and I feel that they do definitely bring action into my life I appreciate that good any other comments questions about Led Zeppelin before we wrap this up Yeah, exactly. You do need some raw music to keep you going. It's something that uh, 
is nice to have in the uh, playlist, as they say. So it's really good to always have different um, different bands. So do you guys feel that there are bands out today that were influenced by what Led Zeppelin has done? That's my last, that's the question I was thinking of asking. And what, uh, what bands would you say? And then Kath, Catherine, go ahead and, and continue. We'll do, we'll just do this and then we'll, um, we'll wrap it up, but go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah, everyone keep putting in chat um, bands that they think have been influenced. I think that they have actually influenced a lot. And Jonathan, yes. <laughs> Shia, yes. Um, okay, so Greta Van Fleet is um, was my answer. Just, I mean, they have gone in interviews and said that they aren't influenced by Led Zeppelin. They're more influenced by Aerosmith, and that's fine. They can say that. Um, but this band essentially, I think around 2015, they uh, came out there. I think they're like brothers who started a band and they kind of took off because they have just an extremely similar sound to Led Zeppelin. Like, so it's uncanny. The dude's voice, um, the lead singer's voice of Greta Van Fleet, like is almost identical um, to Robert Plant's. He's like a reincarnation of Robert Plant. And um, even though, you know, Robert Plant's alive. <laughs> but, um, and their riffs, it's everything about it. Um, it's, it's, I recommend giving it a listen if you're a big Led Zeppelin fan. Because, you know, um, Highway Tune, I think that's the most similar. And I think that's a song that everyone will know. It's pretty good, but it will just blow your mind how similar they are. Shia says, I actually read that they were trolling everyone. There was a video where the bass player goes, who's Robert Plant? And then winks at the camera. They know, they know, they know they sound like Robert Plant. And Robert Plant in an interview was like, I mean, he's like, he doesn't mind that they're copying him, but he just says they need to acknowledge it because they sound so much like him. How can they not know? They know, I think it's a whole... Alex says, there's no way you get that close and sound on accident. <laughs> I know. It's really crazy. I really recommend that everyone listen to it. Like, listen to a Led Zeppelin song, a few Led Zeppelin songs, and then listen to Highway Tune by Greta Van Fleet because it will blow your mind. Um, yeah. And then I definitely think that's not the extent of their influence on rock music now. Um, I definitely think with the, I think in the 2000s and 2010s, there was this kind of like dirty garage rock thing going on with, um, oh yeah, Shia says when the curtain falls by Greta Van Fleet is pretty Zepp inspired too. I agree. A few of their songs just really sound like they were Led Zeppelin songs. I recommend that too. And then I think what, like in the 2000s, I hear a lot of influence with um people i think um there's uh so like bands like um black keys uh some of jack white's bands um although he 
he's influenced by a lot of artists. I definitely hear Zeppelin influence in bands like that. Um, I don't know, I'm kind of blanking, but if anyone else thinks of like examples, and not only that, but like just artists of the time, they kind of just, I guess just really, yeah, kind of set the precedent for what rock should be. They gave amazing shows and amazing performances that I think a lot of artists since then have tried to emulate. So I definitely feel that. Yeah, I think you make a good point. I think what, what happens is that because they took the whole idea of the garage band and then opened that up to make it more sound that would be able to be used in more places like arenas that was something that was used but not to the the extent and even you know think about the other theaters they played in and having just those members of a group be able to produce this amount of sound is pretty remarkable and then influence the whole idea of having heavy metal because everything else was not i mean you had your your folk rock music you had uh, music that was a little more of the hippie genre which is totally fine and then you have these guys just coming out of the you know coming out of the gate playing something completely different with a four-man group okay you had cream that had a three-man group you had led zeppelin that was a four-man group and then you had someone like Rush that was a three-man group that comes out also later that was influenced. I mean, everyone influenced everybody. And then if you think about it, John Bonham and Keith Moon, completely different drummers, but totally respected each other of how they both played. So there's some other examples. Any other thoughts before we wrap this up i think it's um i think it's cool that you said that it uh like the band like the number of members in the band is like going up because as you get into like the 90s rock music like with lincoln park and like panic at the disco like now there's so many people like there's so many members of those bands and like the music just got louder. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. It gets louder. And then we, we sometimes lose something when it gets too loud of too many doublings of instruments. But if you notice, there's a really cool comparison. And I was thinking about this, about how rock and roll has a comparison that is similar to what is going on in the concert hall music of the late 19th into the 20th century. More instruments, more sound, bigger halls, more sound that um, if you notice in, for example, you get into late 1890s and you know you have your, uh, and even 1880s, 1890s, you have your Mahler and into the 20th century, you have your Mahler, um, Gustav Mahler concert hall music with more and more instruments and more and more sound. And then you look at 1968, 1969, 1970, and you keep going more and more sound to um, have more instruments. So there's that really cool similarity there. 
And then there's only three, you know, there's only three. Like, look at, look what happened with Genesis. When Genesis was really popular in the late seventies into the eighties, there was only three of them, you know? So I think that's a good point that, you know, you're going to have some, you know, some instrumentalists are going to have more and more musicians and some are going to have less, but yeah, that's a very good point. Slipknot. Mm -hmm. Any other uh, similarities, comparisons with Led Zeppelin? Good. Dream Theater would, um, yeah, Alexander, Dream Theater would be a perfect example as well. Pink Floyd would be another perfect example as well. And also what they wanted to do with that sound as well and what they wanted to create with that sound and how that sound would be different. And, uh, you know, wow, that's okay. I understand the whole idea of that too. And then other, I mean, look at the Grateful Dead and all these other bands that had more than one uh, drum set player and added percussion and all of this different types of sounds, I think is a really important point as well. Deep Purple, absolutely. John Lords and uh, adding the keyboard, which is a really important part of adding this progressive rock type sound of having um, you know, synths and strings and having more sounds and more versatility and um, different you know, experimental solos, you know. Van Halen is an absolute must mention as well. Yeah, more sound. And also putting the, um, the prominence of, of different instruments in sight. For example, if you notice quickly that Jimmy Page, right? And Eddie Van Halen, the guitar was such a huge part of the influence. Not saying that the other instruments were not important, but it's interesting of how, you know, that was such a big part of those groups, you know? And then, you, and then you think about the drums. That's another thing. Quickly, if you look at someone's, you know, drum kit of like Neil Peart's drum kit, Dream Theater's drum kit over against John Bonham's drum kit, over against Keith Moon's drums, you know, drum kit, Alex Van Halen's drum kit. I mean, I can do, <laughs> I can do a whole class on people's drum kits, <laughs> make that a class. And someone else could do a whole class, Metallica's drum kit, Iron Maiden's drum kit, you know, and someone could do a whole class on, um, well, let me, go, let me do one more, Roger Taylor's drum kit. Someone else can do a whole class on the sound of the Gibson guitar and all the people who play it, right, over against the Fender. That's what makes this so much fun is that there's so many different uh, elements and ways to look at this stuff. So anyway. I'm just reading this really quick. Yeah. Very good point. Very good point. Catherine, take it away. We're going to go ahead and, uh, no, it's all good. I see what you wrote. The chemistry and the direction I think is really good. So Catherine, let's have some final thoughts and then we're going to conclude. What do you got? All right. Well, I was just it's just my final thought that I think I definitely agree with. I think it was John that said that. Not sure, but thank you for, <laughs> I forgot, sorry. Um, I definitely agree that it was just four uh, dudes, very, very talented musicians um, that 
um, I think made this amazing sound because they had, I, I mean, they clearly had respect for one another. Um, they respected each other's ideas and their ideas were all so in sync. They were so talented. Um, they worked really hard. I think they made music for a really long time, um, unlike most bands and even after the passing of John Bonham. Um, and it's really respectable. And I just think it proves that you don't need so many musicians in your band, so many people contributing ideas. It's not about, you know, um, like heads, like how many people are in the band. I think um, you just need to have vision and the chemistry that they had, like as artists is insane. And I think they made some of the most influential rock music ever. And they're just a very, um, very important band overall to music as a whole, especially rock, even pop. Um, their influence is, they have like a really far reach in music. And I'm very grateful for everyone that contributed today um, and to get this little Led Zeppelin appreciation moment because they're one of my favorites. So I just want to thank everyone. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Great. Well, thank you everyone again. Catherine did a fantastic job. All of you that contributed, thank you very much for your contribution. And we are going to go ahead and sign off and say thank you for listening to the GCC Rock and Review at Glendale Community College. And look forward to our next podcast coming soon. Have a great day.